Okay, praise God. So now we come to the chapter 7 of uh, Revelation. And uh, we ended with chapter 6 saying the sixth seal has been opened. And all those, you know, cosmic signs we have seen. And chapter 7 would be the wrath of God. Now everything is ready. It's only the time for the wrath of God to be poured out. So is chapter 7 talking about the wrath of God? No. Chapter 7 is not talking about the wrath of God. This is an interlude. Actual wrath of God will be poured out in chapter 8. So what is chapter 7 then? In chapter 7, God is giving a time of grace and there is going to be a sealing of his servants. There is going to be a time when he has to seal his servants before he judges the unbelievers. It's a time that he is going to take his people to him. It's a time when there is going to be rapture. When there is going to be a rapture. His people are all who believed in Christ would be taken at this point to heaven. They'll be taken at this point to heaven when all of them reach heaven. All the believers go to heaven. After that, the wrath of God will be poured down on the unbelievers. Okay, so now verse 1. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth. Okay, so after this, after this means what? After seeing all those cosmic things that happened, then he saw, who saw? John sees four angels standing at the four corners of the earth. They are standing at the four corners of the earth means say the four quadrants of the earth like north, south, east and west. He saw four angels standing at those four quadrants of the earth and what the angels were doing? Holding back the four winds of the earth that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. So these angels are so mighty you can imagine how big they must be because they are holding back they are holding back the wind. No wind should blow in. No wind should blow either on the earth or the sea or against any tree. Basically it's holding back destruction. They are standing and saying that okay uh, we will not destroy. We have to protect whatever is happening. We are not letting the destruction fall yet. There is still some more time so it is holding back the destruction. These four angels are standing and they are holding back the four winds of the earth. They are standing in four corners, north, south, east, west, so that no wind could blow on the earth or the sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascend from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. And he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, do not harm the earth or the seas or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God upon their foreheads. Okay, then he sees, now he, there are four angels who came. The four angels have been given the job of holding back the wind. Then one more angel comes. And this angel is then speaking with a loud voice and telling those four angels, do not damage the earth or the sea or the, or the trees until we have marked the servants of a God with a seal on their forehead. So he says, do not damage anything until we have finished sealing the foreheads of all 
of the servants of our God. Who are the servants of the God? Those who believe in, in Christ. Until I have marked those, you will not do this. Now why that marking is so important? Before we come to the identity of who this 1,44,000 people are, why should we, why should that ceiling be put? So for understanding that, you have to go to Revelation chapter 9 verse 3. 7, 8, 9. Go to Revelation chapter 9 verse 3. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth and they were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green growth or any tree but only those of mankind who have not the seal of God upon their forehead. So did you understand? We will see, I will explain chapter 9 to you later on. But the purpose, you see at that particular time, there are great, what will come? Locusts will come and this locust were having the, uh, the authority or the power of a scorpion. And what would a scorpion do? Normal nature, to sting. So they, they were told not to damage the grass of the earth or any green growth or any tree. But only those people who do not have the seal on the forehead. It means that the sealing was being done in chapter 7 that those who would be sealed would not be touched by the scorpions. The scorpions would not be able to do any damage to them, would not be able to sting them. That's why that sealing was done for those people. Are you getting it? Because later on the scorpions will come and anyone who did not have that seal on the forehead, the scorpion could go and sting and kill them. But once they see that seal, they could not touch that person. So the sealing is done before so that those people will be saved from the scorpions. Are you understand? So the purpose you understood. Now we go to the ceiling if you have to understand what you mean by the ceiling you have to read the old testament of the book of ezekiel chapter 9 ezekiel chapter 9 verse 4 the same scenario of people being seen sealed is seen in ezekiel chapter 9 verse 4 and the lord said to him Go through the city, through Jerusalem, and put a mark upon the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations that are committed in it. Okay, wait. What, what is the message given? Go through the city, through the city of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of all those who sigh and groan over all the abominations that are committed in it. Our people are sighing and groaning over the abomination. Now, what is an abomination? Abom abomination is something that causes disgust or loathing. Means something you look at it and you say, horrible, very bad. You can't be like this. You loathe it. It's, you know, it, it gives you a, a disgrace, a, you know, obscenity maybe it could be. It could be horror. Everything negative in a very magnified form. When you completely detest it. That is an abomination. So people are committing such obscene things in, the, in, that, in, in Jerusalem. But there are some other people who are looking at it and saying, how can people live like this? How can people be so bad? How can people be so obscene? How can people be so evil? 
So what does uh, God tell Ezekiel? Go and see, put a seal on the mark of the forehead of the people who do not participate in all that obscenity, who do not participate in all the evil things that are taking place in that particular land. So Ezekiel sees that. So when you read further, you will see that everyone is told to massacre anyone who does not have the seal. So if it is a young person or an old person or, or you know youth or a child or any person, if they did not have the seal, you have to go and kill them. You have to go and kill them. You have to go and kill them. Now what you see in Ezekiel is the same foreshadowing that will happen even at this time. That God is also telling go and seal, put a seal on all the on his believers, on his servants. And anyone who does not believe in that, then they are all unbelievers. Now, listen to me carefully. The devil does the same. The devil also does the same. What the devil will do? He is also going to come and he is also going to say, you need to put a seal on your forehead. He is going to tell all the people that you need to put a seal on your forehead and if you don't have that seal which we talk about 666 if that number is not there with you at that point of time then without that number you can do nothing you cannot go to the shop and even buy a piece of bread or you can't buy bananas or fruits or vegetables or provisions you can't even put petrol in your car you can do nothing with that seal so if you do not put that number what will happen after a time, you cannot buy anything, you cannot eat anything. Either you starve to death or you accept him as your Lord God and Savior. And when you rebel against him, he will tell you, no, I am the, I am the true Christ. He's masquerading as Christ. He's not the true Christ. And to explain to his people, he'll say, go back to Ezekiel 9 and read. He will say, go back to Ezekiel 9. What happened at that point of time? That point of time, those who did not have the seal... They, the people who had the seal were told to go and massacre those who did not have the seal. So they will be believers who will be killing each other. There will be a time when the believers themselves will be killing each other. There will be so much of confusion. But there will be so much of confusion because the Antichrist will masquerade as a real Christ and he will also come out with a seal. So how do we distinguish whether it is a right seal or it is a wrong seal because both the seals are different both the seals are different the seal of Christ and the seal of the Antichrist both are different that's why it is so crucial that we should read this book so that at that point of time we should not get carried away by what is taking place oh I can see Jesus over there or I can see Jesus appearing, uh, appearing over here or oh, this seal is being put we also need to go put the seals on our forehead people will be going you know they will lose the sense of direction they will just start following the false gods and many believers will be taken away that's also more crazy that's why understanding of this book of revelation is so very crucial for us to know who is the true Christ and who will be the antichrist the seal of both of them will be different that will come to a little later on. So did you understand this? Did you understand Ezekiel 9? Or you want me to repeat it again? Did you understand? Ezekiel 9 is a time in the Israel where, you know, there was so much of obscene things happening place at that time in Jerusalem. So God tells to go and seal the forehead of the good people. And all the good people were told, 
that now you need to massacre the evil people. Did you understand? So the sealing also takes place again in the book of Revelation. The sealing is done by Christ. The sealing is also done by Antichrist. And you should know the difference between the two because both the seals are different. Both the seals are not the same. They are totally different. Verse 4. Yes, Blanca. And I heard the number of the seal, a hundred and forty-four thousand sealed, out of every tribe of the sons of Israel. Okay, we'll wait. Now, who are this one lakh forty-four thousand people? One lakh forty-four thousand. Most people believe that they are only the Jews. They believe that they are the Jews. But did God say from the tribes of Israel or did he say the Jews? What does he say there? Read there. It is sealed out of every tribe of the people of Israel. From every tribe of the people of Israel. Now to understand this 144,000, we have to go back to the Old Testament. You have to know the story of the entire Israel. Then only will you come to know who is this 144,000 people. Now remember, Israel had 12 children, right? Which became 12 tribes. They go into Egypt and there they become a very great nation. All these 12 tribes go into Egypt. They become a very great nation. Then for 430 years, they stay in Egypt. They stay under the Egyptian king and then they, God sends Moses to them. They come out of the, he leads them out of Egypt and then uh, how many days journey was it? It's 11 day journey. They take 40 years. The journey which is supposed to be 11 days to the promised land because of the rebellious nature, it took them 40 years to reach the promised land. Then they are ruled by judges for a period of another 400 years. Did you understand? 12 tribes of Israel, they come out of Egypt, 40 years they travel, reach the promised land and in the promised land now they are ruled by the judges for another 400 years. And after this 400 years they start murmuring. They say every nation has a king. Everybody has a king. We want a king whom we can see. So after that Samuel come, comes and anoints whom? Saul. Saul becomes the first king and Saul is in the tribe of the Benjaminites. Saul is in the tribe of Benjaminites. Then Saul fails. Saul falls from his, you know, he goes against God, disobeys him, he kills himself. And after Saul, who's made king? David is made king. And Saul rules for 40 years. Saul rules for 40 years. After Saul, who comes? David. David is from the tribe of Judah. From the Judah, the tribe of Judah is from where Jesus comes. So David becomes king and he also rules for 40 years. And after David dies, who becomes the king? Solomon, his son becomes a king. He is also a good king and he also rules Israel for 40 years. Now this 40 plus 40 plus 40 years is how many years? 120 years. All the 12 tribes were together. They were ruled by one king. But things changed when Solomon died. When Solomon dies, his son Rehoboam becomes the king. 
Now, Rehoboam is not as good as his father or grandfather or even Saul. Saul, we could say bad, but Rehoboam is really bad. And now some people from the elders, they come to King Rehoboam and they place a petition to Rehoboam and say that these, these things are not right. It's made too difficult for us. Oh, King, can you give a year to it and make, it, make the burden lighter for us? So he says, let me think about it. And he goes and consults the elders in his, in his immediate, what you call the group of advisory board. He goes and asks the elders there, what am I supposed to do? So the elders advise him, Rehoboam, what these people are asking is the right thing. So you make the burden light. Then he goes and asks his own people, his own age, his own peers. And he tells, these elders have come with this request. What do you think about it? Now this peers, his own people, whose own age group, they come and tell him, no, 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 no. Don't listen to what these elders are telling them, telling you. You make it even more hard for them. If they are carrying a burden, they are unable to handle that burden, now double the burden on them. Don't make it light. So on that time, when he comes and stands in his palace and these people come, O King Rehoboam, give us your judgment. What have you decided? So everybody is looking up at Rehoboam at what is he going to say? And he says, I make your burden double. I will make your burden double. You were struggling this much. Now that much also will not be given to you. You will have to struggle even more. So what will happen? Ten tribes of Israel will go against him. They go against him and they form the northern kingdom. Who are this? Ten tribes of Israel will go against King Rehoboam. Rehoboam comes from who? Who is his grandfather? David. And David was from the tribe of Judah. So, again, okay. <laughs> Sorry. So, he, David, uh, David and then Solomon and then Rehoboam. So, Rehoboam is from the tribe of Judah. So, ten tribes will rebel against Judah and they go away. Only one tribe stays with Rehoboam. That is the tribe of the Benjaminites. So, two against ten. You understanding? That all of them were together till the time of King Solomon. All the 12 tribes were together. They were all as one, as one Israelite. But because of Rehoboam, now it becomes 10 versus 2. The 10 joined together, formed the northern kingdom, and the 2 joined together and formed the southern kingdom. The 2 who are in the southern kingdom are King Rehoboam, the Judas, and the Benjaminites. And also remember, the Levites who are the high priests, they do not have a separate tribe of themselves. They work with each of the 12 tribes. They are mingled with all the other 11 tribes. So these two tribes of the tribe of Judah, that you call them, that is Judah, Benjaminites, and a few Levites. Understood? Is it clear now? 10, northern kingdom, two southern kingdom. The southern kingdom included the Judah, the Benjaminites and a few Levites. This tribe goes on to call themselves as the Jews. These two tribes only together are called the Jews. The northern kingdom is the kingdom of Israel. Do you understand? Is it clear? 
The northern kingdom is the kingdom of Israel. The southern kingdom is called the Jews. Kingdom of Judah and they are called the Jews. And Jesus come from, comes from the Jews. From the... Is it clear? Yes, William. Did you understand? Blossom, Blanca, yeah. Kiran understood? Yeah. So this is how it was at that time. How they split, divided into ten... Verses 2. And the two are the Jews. Now this who are the northern kingdom. After a point of time they started intermingling or marrying people from different tribes. They started worshipping Baal. They started doing all heathen practices. And later on what happened? They you know kind of uh, <coughs> there was war. And this war they were captured by the Assyrians. And all of them settled in Samaria. And the whole northern kingdom became the Samaritans. They become their? What happens? Okay, I will repeat again. This northern kingdom, what they did? They started going away from God. They started mingling. There are not, there are good people there. But they started marrying into a different religion, different sects, different belief systems. They started worshipping God. Different kind of uh, religions, practices started mingling within them. They started getting corrupted. And then there was a war. This, uh, you know, uh, the war where they were captured by the Assyrians. And all of them went and they settled in a place called as Samaria and the whole northern kingdom now they are called as the Samaritans that's why even in the New Testament God is so angry with the Samaritans that he tells his disciples in Matthew 10 5 that you will not go to Samaria later on they will go preach the gospel to the Samaritans also but to his disciples you go read in Matthew 10 5 he tells them that you will not go and preach to the people of Samaria so now there are no people as such from these 10 tribes that you can see in the New Testament. There is no mention of anyone from the tribe of Israel that is the 10 tribes that you can see them mentioned in the New Testament. There is only one person in the New Testament whom you can say has come from the tribe of Israel. Go to Luke chapter 2 verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. Yes. So read again. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She is the only one mentioned in the New Testament who belongs to the northern kingdom or the nation of Israel. She is the only one mentioned. She is the prophet, Anna, daughter of Phanuel. Of the tribe of Asher. If you look at all the tribes, that is the fourth tribe. Tribe of Judah, tribe of Reuben, tribe of Gad, then the tribe of Asher. The tribe of Asher, she is the only one person whom you can see mentioned in the New Testament. There is nobody else. You can go read the entire New Testament. You will not find anyone mentioned from the tribe of the people of Israel. If you can find only one, so from where are you going to get 1,44,000 people? From where will you get them? From where are they going to appear? Who are those 1,44,000 people? There is only one mentioned. Now even if you go to Google and you search, some tribes have completely vanished. If you go search for the tribe of Reuben, there is no one there. No pure person who can say, I am a Reubenite. 
there is no one who can say i am a gadai you will not find anyone because those tribes have marriage intermarriage gone so much there is no pure person who can say i am purely that i am actually a gadai i am a asherite i am a judaite i am a levite there's like you know it's so difficult you won't find and some tribes have completely disappeared you cannot even see any mention of them now you cannot even find them at this point of time so how at the time of revelation is he saying that he is going to get how many not one he is going to get 12000 from the tribe of judah 12000 from the tribe of reuben 12000 from the tribe of gad and 12000 from every single tribe he has to get those numbers to reach 144000 people so from where is he going to get this people it's practically impossible now go to chapter 4 was chapter 14 of uh, revelation verses 1 to 5 i'll tell first what is the criteria of this 144000 then you will understand who are this 144000 people chapter 7 and chapter 14 of revelation have the same teachings so if you get something in chapter 7 you don't understand go to chapter 14 it gives you an understanding there so read chapter 14 verse 1 to 5 then i looked and lo on mount zion stood the lamb and with him 144000 how many are there 144000 yes who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads okay wait so they have been sealed 144000 have been sealed and what was the seal the name of the name of the father and the name of the god the father and god the son the two names were there on the forehead so now you know what is the seal of god what would be the seal of the god name of god the father and name of god the son that is jesus that is the seal of the christ true christ antichrist has a different seal that seal is the name of the father and name of the son that is the seal of the true christ now you got that also yes then read again and i heard a voice from heaven like the sound of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder the voice i heard was like the sound of harpers playing on their harps and they sing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders no one could learn that song except the 144000 who had been redeemed from the earth they had been redeemed from the earth that means they were in earth they died they have gone to heaven did you understand redeemed from the earth means they all lived on the earth they have died and they have gone to heaven yes then it is these who have not defiled themselves with women for they are chaste it is these who follow the lamb wherever he goes these have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for god and the lamb and in their mouth no lie was found for they are spotless so five criterias for these people who belong to this 144000 people first is what that they have not defiled themselves with women that means they are all men and all of them are virgins they are all very chaste second is they followed jesus wherever he went so where is jesus then at that point in time already resurrected in heaven so they followed jesus in heaven wherever jesus went this people were always there with him 
they were redeemed from the earth as the first fruits means they lived their life so true and so good as saints like they lived the life and they have given themselves to god and they never spoke a lie and they were totally blameless people totally like saints these people are just like saints they are not married they are totally chaste and they are following jesus wherever they go and they never speak a lie and they are all blameless so this means this 144000 people are men from the 12 tribes of israel of the old testament they are men from the 12 tribes of israel but from the old testament these are the saints who died they went to heaven and now god will send them back to the earth now why god would want to send them back to the earth why would he want why would god want to send them back to the earth so that they would come back to the earth and on earth would be people totally who are unbelievers so that the gospel could be still spoken to the unbelievers that even the unbelievers will get a chance to at least now accept christ after all the cosmic signs have taken place you understanding there is a cosmic sign and the wrath is going to be poured out before the wrath is going to pour out this thing happens he is sealing the 144000 people in heaven and once he seals the 144000 he is sealing them with a purpose why he is sealing them he has to send them back to the earth and when he sends them back to the earth he knows of what destruction will take place in chapter 8 chapter 9 what is going to happen so he seals them with the name of god the father god the son and because they have that seal on the forehead the scorpions will not be able to sting them the scorpions would sting the other all unbelievers but these 144000 will escape that punishment are you understanding now it is clear is clear okay now just read ahead verse 5 so verse 5 is uh, to 8 is i will just tell you they are the tribe of judah when they they are the tribes of israel the 12 tribes the first child is actually reuben first child of was reuben but since jesus comes from the tribe of judah they always mention judah as first so we have judah then reuben then gad then asher then naphtali then manasseh then simeon then levi ishakar zebulun joseph and benjamin so these are the 12 tribes and from each tribe 12000 people are going to be sealed these are the people who are redeemed from the earth these are the virgin men who are constantly following jesus these are the one who are never spoken a lie and these are the blameless people so these are that 144000 from the tribe of israel of the israel of the old testament you got this clear any confusion no so you got this clear okay great now we come to verse chapter 9 chapter 7 verse 9 after this i looked and behold a great multitude which no man could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands okay just a second after this i looked who looked john looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count and if he says he they couldn't count 
it has to be some significant number because they could count millions and trillions of people could be counted. If you see the mention in the Bible, even if it's a, a million people are standing or you know the seven millions or 10 millions, even those numbers have been counted and mentioned. Very specific, Bible is very specific. But here he's saying it's a multitude that he could not count. Countless number of people suddenly appeared on in heaven. There was a suddenly appearance of so many people in heaven and they were from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language and they were all standing before the throne and before the lamb and they were robed in white with palm branches in their, with palm branches in their hand, they were all standing before God the Father. Suddenly, a huge multitude. I explained the scene in the throne room. Who, who was there? God the Father in his throne, surrounded by 24 elders, four living creatures, the lamb that came with slaughtered, and then there is the altar. Beneath the altar are the martyrs, souls of all the martyrs. Then you see the angels, then one mighty angel. Only this was the scene in the throne room till now. Suddenly, suddenly, there is a multitude. You cannot count. No number can be given. All of them are there. How come all these people landed up in the throne room of God? What happened suddenly? This is the time of the rapture which has taken place. Now, what did I teach you in chapter 2? I said, when Jesus, how can rapture take place? Jesus has to come down and take the people. There's no mention. Is there any mention here? about Jesus coming down and taking the people? Nothing, there is no mention. What did you suddenly see? Suddenly there is all the people on top. But what did I teach you in chapter two? I said, uh, chapter one, verse seven. If I said, if you didn't understand this, you won't understand the whole book of Revelation. What did I say? Chapter one, verse seven. Look, he's coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and on, on his account all the tribes of the earth will wait. Means the way Jesus went up to heaven, when Jesus is going to come back the second time, he is going to come when the whole world is going to see him. There is no mention of that. Is there any mention of that? No. So which chapter in Revelation is similar to chapter 7? Chapter 14. So go to 14. If it is not, not mentioned here, it has to be mentioned in chapter 14. Go to chapter 14. Go to chapter 14, verse 14. The chapter 14 itself, what is, an, what is a, a chapter name called? The Lamb and the 1,44,000, the name of the chapter. Now, the 1,44,000 I mentioned here, which you read also before, was from chapter 14. Or what was the criteria to be that 1,44,000 people? Are you getting it? Is it going over your head? You want me to slow down? Are you understanding? So, okay, chapter 7 and chapter 14 are connected very similar so 1,44,000 is mentioned even in chapter 7 and 1,44,000 is mentioned even in chapter 14 and the who what is the criteria for the 1,44,000 and I said here now what happens suddenly the multitude is in heaven and we expected it should be like Jesus should be seen coming down from heaven and taking the people there's no mention of that in chapter 7 but it is mentioned in chapter 14 go to chapter 14 verse 14. Then I looked and lo, a white cloud and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man with a golden crown on his head 
and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat upon the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the art to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So he who sat upon the cloud swung his sickle on the earth, and the earth, earth was, was reaped. Did you understand? So now what you see over here, if you really, it's so, so interesting. There is a cloud and who is coming on the cloud? A rider on a white horse. So this is the real rider on the white horse who is the Christ. What we read in the first seal was same, a rider on a white horse, but that was the Antichrist. And this is the real rider on the horse and he is coming on a white horse and Jesus is coming down and he is coming to take the harvest means the time is over all that you have done on earth everything that you could do finish your time is up now I have come to take my own with me to heaven so what does he say he's then I looked and there was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was one like the son of man one like a son of man means it is Jesus Christ with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. When will a farmer take a sickle and go? Only when he has to harvest. While he's planting, will he cut? No. Plant is growing, the fruit has come and now is the time to reap the harvest. Will he take a sickle and go into the farm? And now Jesus is come to take the harvest of what? Harvest of all the souls who belong to him. So Another angel came out of the temple calling with a loud voice to the one who sat in the cloud. So another angel is telling to Jesus, use your sickle and reap for the heart to reap has come because of the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So the one who sat in the cloud swung his sickle over the earth and instantly the earth was reaped. Means all those who belong to Christ, they were raptured into heaven. This was the second coming of Jesus. The only coming of Jesus. The first coming and this is the second coming. Jesus comes down and he takes his entire people with him back to heaven. So here that particular scenario is not mentioned. It is mentioned in chapter 14 verse 14. So all these people, this multitude that you see on heaven are who? Are all the people who are raptured. If we are supposed to be alive at that point of time, this time we should be in heaven. If this time we don't go to heaven, then we will have to face the great tribulation or the wrath of God. Till now the wrath has not been poured out. You have seen earthquakes, famine, wars. You can even see the sun rolled up. The sun has darkened. The moon has darkened. Even the stars have begun to fall. The sun, you know, the sky has rolled up. All that you see, but that is not the wrath of God. After that, the rapture will take place. And this rapture, any of any one of us alive at that point of time, we have to be in the throne room of God. If we are not there, then you will have to face the wrath of God. Is it clear? Is the sequence of events clear to you? Okay, now read. What did this multitude cry? Chapter 7, verse 10. And crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. So you understand? They are, they are praised. They are all the people who have raptured up. They are saying, it's because of Jesus. 
that we have been saved salvation belongs to a god who seated on the throne and to the lamb and all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped god singing now the angels are singing amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our god forever and ever amen so this is the song of the angels is amen and blessing and glory and wisdom and honor and thanksgiving and might be to our god forever and ever then one of the elders addressed me how many elders are there 24 elders are sitting there and one of the elders is asking john saying who are these robed in white and where have they come from so one of the elders gets up and asks john now suddenly this many multitude of people have come up into heaven who are these people where have they come from i is john says to the one of the elders sir you know so it's such a funny question you know he is supposed to be sitting there he is supposed to know what it is instead of that he is asking somebody else who are these people so john in all his humility tells to that man tells to the one of the elders that sir you should know who these people are then the I elder said to me these are they who have come out of the great tribulation they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb so they are the one who have come out they have stood by me they have not given up on me they have always confessed that i am their lord god and savior and they have washed their robe and they have made them white in the blood of the lamb very simple no when you if you even a one small drop of uh, blood falls on your dress even if you're wearing a white dress what does it become it become red it becomes stained it is red but god says when you wash in his blood you don't become red you will come out white you will be white yeah again then therefore are they before the throne of god and serve him day and night within his temple and he who sits upon the throne will shelter them with his presence they shall hunger no more neither thirst any more the sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of living water and god will wipe away every tear from their eyes so all those who have been raptured now have gone to heaven they have gone through the tribulation they have gone through such tiring times so he says now the one who seated on the throne when one god the father and god the son he is going to shelter them they went through pain and persecution so there is no pre rapture there is one rapture and those all the people who believe in christ will go through all those signs i explained all the signs that takes place every believer who is living at the time will go through all those signs they will be there at the time of famine they will be there at the time of war they will be the time when the earth is darkened the moon is darkened the stars are falling they will see all that but now they are all seated in heaven and god is going to shelter them and he says they will hunger no more that means there will be no more famine they will thirst no more the sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd he will guide them to springs of the water of life and god will wipe away every tear 
from their eyes. These are all this, what is written over here in verse 13, 16, 17, is all talking about how now they will go to the eternal rest. They will go now to their eternal rest. And once all the good people are raptured into heaven, then the wrath of God will fall. Then the wrath of God will fall. So chapter 8 onwards is the wrath of God. Okay? So you understood chapter 6 and 7. Did you understand? 6 is with the opening of the seals. The first, second, third, fourth, fifth. With the opening of the sixth seal only, the wrath of God is going to start. But before he pours down the wrath, he marks the 1,44,000 people and then he raptures the believers into heaven. The 1,44,000 are marked so that they will be sent down at the time from heaven, they will be sent down to the earth when wrath of God is poured on the unbelievers so that that 1,44,000 people can preach to the unbelievers. Did you get it now? And when we come after the tea break, we'll come back to chapter 8. It will be the wrath of God. So shall we close our eyes? Bow down and shall we just pray? Our Father, we thank you, O God, for this teaching on this awesome book of Revelation, O Master. Thank you, O God, that you said that you will make it easy, O Master. And thank you, O God, that you always stand by your word and you have made it easy for everyone who's sitting here and listening to this teaching and all those who are watching it, O Master. Thank you, O God, that every word has gone and they have spiritual eyes and ears are open and they're able to the gra grasp this awesome truth that you're teaching them, the signs of the ends of the times. Thank you, Jesus, that every word is dug deep in and not one, one seed will either be lost or forgotten or fall on unfertile ground or master. Thank you, O God. I anoint every single ear that has heard this and I cover it with the precious blood of Jesus, O Master. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done, you're doing, and you continue to do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.